Hello there, my name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching today. Remember my wife as well. I work Quality of Life Grace Teaching Ministry on Facebook. We're always available for free Grace Teaching. The true Christmas story. That's what we're talking about here. This is part three. And this one, you know, we talked about Jesus growing up as a, you know, in the manger, and then he grew up to be a carpenter. And of course, we, we talked about, in the second video, the second part, we talked about how he gave us the example of how to live dependent on him now through the way he lived dependent on the Father in his two earthly ministries. He also had um, his two earthly ministries before his final and new covenant ministry was he was revealing to the religious leaders um, a need for his righteousness. See, they he knew they didn't have a righteousness that surpassed his. And so he was giving them the law to show them that. And so that's why he said, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's better for you to go to heaven with one eye than to go, you know, to hell with both. So he was giving them an example of showing them a need for his righteousness. He didn't want them to pluck out their eyeballs. He just wanted to show them that they didn't have a right standing with God. It was only by grace through faith in him. And so, of course, now we're talking about the finality of the cross. You know, a life not accepting uh, of the finished work of Christ is not a not living in freedom. It's not a gift. You know, the focal point of all scripture, by choice and design, is it points to Christ. That's why Jesus said in John 5:39, he said this, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them they have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. That word testify means point points to me. He is eternal life. Of course, he was speaking to the religious leaders there that they they knew all kinds of scriptures. They memorized a lot of scripture, but they never knew the focal point of it. The focal point of it was it was pointing to him. Under this old covenant, forgiveness was conditional, and it was ongoing based on what we did. Give me an example. They had bulls and goats. Once a year, they had to go out and get a bull or goat, and then they would put their head on that bull or goat, and of course, God would honor that sacrifice. That bull or goat would have to be sacrificed, and the sins of the past year would be taken care of. There was an atonement. It was a covering. Those sins were covered through that sacrifice. But again and again, they had to offer these sacrifices every year. And so it never removed sins. Sins were atoned for. They were covered through sacrifices under the law. Matthew 6, 14, 15. That's Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. 
this is an example of the law. Remember, Jesus is not <clears throat> under grace yet. He has not gone to the cross. So he is speaking about old covenant forgiveness. Okay, so you can tell because the focus is on you doing something. That's how you can always tell that Jesus is not speaking directly to us. Okay? He's speaking to those under the law. He's showing them a need for His grace. The new covenant, which is the death, burial, and resurrection. See, under this new covenant of grace, forgiveness was final and unconditional. It based entirely on what Jesus Christ did. So be kind and compassionate to one another now. Forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. You know, there's a, a First John 1 John 1.9 is being taught we believe not in context in the modern church today. First John 1 John 1.9 it says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. <clears throat> so we are we are convinced that John is speaking to an unbeliever here. There's too much evidence proving the sin issue has been dealt with through the finished work of the cross. God's not dealing with sins anymore. I'll give you an example here. First John 1 verses 8 through 10. Now this is John speaking to an unbeliever, the Gnostics. And he says this in verse 8, he says, Look, if we claim that to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Folks, he has just spoke to a guy that said he has never sinned. I've never sinned. I'm a good person. And that's why he says in verse 9, Look, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> Speaking to an unrighteous person here. Remember at conversion, folks, we exchanged our unrighteousness for his perfect righteousness. You see, so again, he's speaking to the Gnostic, the unbeliever here. And then he goes to say in verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. And this word is not in us. His word is not in us. Now see, folks, he has spoke to a guy that has said, I've never sinned, though. So I don't need your Jesus. I don't need God. I'm a good person, you see. You see how foolish that is? And so we believe there's just too much evidence that backs up this total forgiveness for us who are in Christ. If you look at 1 John 2.12, it says this, I'm writing to you because your sins have been forgiven. They have been forgiven because of what Jesus has done. Now see, that's 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. You won't get that in the church from the pulpit. You'll get 1 John 1, 9. But I, I challenge you, to go over one more chapter in 1 John 2, chapter 2, verse 12, and take a look at that because now John is writing to believers. That's right. In 1 John, Jesus 
First John chapter one, John is speaking to the Gnostic, Gnostic heresy. <clears throat> okay, he's speaking to Gnostics. But in chapter two, he's sitting down and he's writing a letter to those who are in Christ, who are forgiven. Here's another one, Psalms 103.12. David says, he has removed our sins as far from the east as from the west. Now folks, that's a picture from Adam to eternity. God cleared the deck of sins. He looked down at humanity and he said, you know what, I'm gonna take all the sins and I'm gonna put them on my son. This is how much my son loves you. He wants to do this because he wants to be with you forever. See, this was Jesus' desire to do, to take all of our sins on, our, on himself so that he could be with us forever. Folks, we are forgiven people. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.19, Paul addressing the church in Christ at Corinth. He says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. You see that there? He's no longer counting people's sins against them. And finally, 1 John 2, verse 2. That's 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. Jesus Christ gave his life to pay for our sins. But he not only paid for our sins, he also paid for the sins of the whole world. Folks, this has been the true Christmas story the finality of the cross. And remember, a life not accepting the finished work of Christ is not a life living in freedom. It is not a gift. God bless.